Hi everyone, I'm Dennis and this is Sheev Valley, a show about Sheffield startups, Sheffield's founders and Sheffield's startup ecosystem in general. As you know, this podcast exists to increase the visibility of and the connectedness between entrepreneurs in our city. Today's episode is a special one for me. It is with Tom Oates from Midas. If you've been listening to the podcast since last year, you know about the special rubric we do with Tom called The Journey, as we record episodes every few months to track the progress of his startup. And bonus for me is that a conversation with Tom never disappoints and always leaves me with a lot of things I want and need to research and learn more about after. But before we jump into that, I wanted to bring to your attention two events happening in Sheffield in the next month. First, on the 27th of April, we have our first lunchtime startup meet of Sheffield. Who says that lunch break needs to be boring? Not in Sheffield and not for startup entrepreneurs. For them, we have an exciting networking event and warm lunch. The tickets for the meetup will finish very soon and we have limited availability. So if you want to attend, please go and get your free ticket right now. The link is in the show's notes. And then you already know what's next on the list. The Startup Week in Sheffield. The event of events. 55 hours of building startups, meeting new people, having lots of fun, learning tons. I can't recommend Startup Week in Sheffield enough, so the best thing for you to do is go to the show's notes now, click the link that will take you to the page of the Startup Weekend and get yourself a nice early bird ticket for 25 quid, as the general ticket price is 40. And for all the cool listeners of this podcast, I have a great discount code to add for extra 20%, which you can use on your early bird ticket too, decreasing the price to only £20 for the whole weekend, including 7 meals, mentoring from local professionals with high expertise, and few surprises that I'm not going to give out so soon. But enough for the meetup, enough for the startup weekend, now it's time to focus on Tom Oates and Midas. Enjoy the show. I'm here with Tom Oates from Midas. This is his third time on the podcast. Hi, Tom. How are you doing today? Hi, Dennis. Yes, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Not too bad, not too bad. I realized that last time we actually recorded in person. So this is the first time we're recording uh, through Zoom again since about 10 months ago. Wow. Yeah. Time flies when you're having fun, doesn't it? It does. It does. It's it's uh, it's forming out to be a proper journey, this this rubric we're doing with you, you know, which I'm quite happy about because there was always the chance that after the first episode, we never spoke again and it was left there. So I'm happy to to be bringing you back for the third time. Genuinely appreciate your time, mate. No, thank you. No, it's good. It's good to be here, Dennis. It's uh, it's good. I know we, we just had a chat offline, didn't we, about yep. it's taken a... Uh, taking a bit of effort to get this in the diary or make it stick in the diary but we, we got there so yeah appreciate it it's good to talk yeah i think it was what like three or four times at least we had to reschedule either because of you or yeah. because of me last moment things well we're here that's what matters i would yeah. i would like to start by asking you to reintroduce yourself just for people who might have missed the previous episodes mm-hmm. we recorded just who, who you are what are you doing why are you on the podcast yeah, no problem. So yeah, my name's Tom Oates. Um, I'm founder of a startup called Midas. Midas stands for My Data as a Service. And we're looking to give everybody on the planet <laughs> visibility, control and value um, of their personal data in the digital world. So yeah, so quite an ambitious vision. But yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see how far we get. And and yeah, it's the episode three of the journey. So we, we kind of did number one was was just starting up what the hell's going on number two was okay now we know a little bit about stuff what we're going to do now and uh, this is number three so we've, we've kind of been uh quarter well it should have been quarter three shouldn't it but it's probably a full year now since we did the first one so uh just due to lag but uh, but yeah it's just just chronicling the 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 journey the highs and lows and nuances of, of startup life yeah absolutely last time last time we record so we recorded first in may 2021 then in august 2021 which there were only okay. three, three months between those. But now we're recording after. So the last time we recorded was August and now it's March. 
So it's been like seven months. It's been a yeah, yeah. It's been, wow. so, it's been a while now. So I'm sure that yeah. there's also a lot more to talk about. So we might as well just dive into it. Yeah, yeah. Great. So what happened since we spoke last? Take us through the take us through the timeline since August 2021 and the most important oh, milestones. So yeah, so August, yeah, August through to December was was heavily focused on building the pitch deck, to be honest with you. So raising investment is the is the name of the game at the minute. And building the pitch deck from the various sources of information that we got to in the first sort of six months. So we did a hell of a lot of research um, into our product and, and, and positioning. And it was basically building the pitch deck around that that vision pulling together the potential mvp of what the what the product could be and skinning that down into the absolute minimal minimum viable product that we thought we could get putting all that together in the in the deck and then working on yeah getting investment so reaching out to investors having various conversations with them went on the cap enterprise team sy funding readiness program which i think we'll come on to to later probably but yeah it's, it's the, the the latter half of last year was all around consolidating all the information we had parsing it into a, a consumable uh, digestible pitch deck really to to go touting around looking for some cash and now since january what happened with uh, the program for team sy and then what's been happening since the since the start of the new year yeah, so the, the Team SY program, funding funding fit program, got a lot of really good information around what investors want to see, what investors at different stages of um, investment want to see, and and how to tell the story depending on what your particular circumstances. So that was really good. Got some really good information. We got we we, we went forward for demo day, which was the end of January, and we pitched live um, in which was weird, not doing it over Zoom. But yeah, pitched to I think there were. Eight or nine different um, investment houses, which is really good. Had some good one-to-ones with them and still talking to a number of them. No investment yet, but yeah, got some really good feedback, got some really good uh, insights and yeah, got some really good conversations going. That's that current status is we're, we're still in that position. We're still searching for investment. We have had another of, well, a number of other activities going on in parallel. Obviously we can't stand still. So yeah, so there's been things going on, but the main focus over the last six months has really been getting ready for investments, pitching, and then acting on it. What do you think is going to take from the moment, let's say that moment now is moment X, and moment Y Mm -hmm. is the moment Midas gets investment. What needs to happen for you to secure that investment? So my, my... My big learning, and, it, and it, you know, it's not, it sounds, sounds obvious when you say it out loud, uh, but the big learning is that because we haven't got a product at the minute, so we've got a prototype. One of the things we did back in November, December was actually build a prototype just to get a look and feel, understand what it was, where the positioning was, and also have that available for, for investors to, to kind of touch and, and, and feel. So, yeah, so one of the big learnings is that although everyone says, no, you don't need a product, you just need the concept, all your, all your, your research and et cetera, et cetera. It's hard to do it. It's really hard to do it without having an actual product or something there for somebody to look at. So with that in mind, we've, we've started to think about what that is and how we can start building without investment. One of the things we've we've been doing is searching for uh, potential co-founders, technical co-founders to come on board and start helping us actually put this thing together. We're talking to, well, we spoke to a number of people, but we're kind of speaking to this one guy and we're hoping to put the uh, dot the I's and cross the T's pretty soon, get him on board and actually start building the MVP, which will be, be really good. So doing that in parallel with still wanting to raise investment, still needing to raise investment to get it where we want to go. Uh, but not sitting still and uh, uh, doing nothing until we, we, we get some cash. 
but but yeah it's been a bitty six months to be perfectly honest it's kind of there's no doesn't feel like there's been solid progress but there's been a hell of a lot of activity going on but a hell of a lot of general business admin going on you know company registrations seis applications yeah all that kind of stuff going on tech co-founder shareholder agreements all that kind of stuff yeah. the boring bit yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so that's all been going on but it's all been kind of hopefully building towards uh getting us to that next rung next rung on the ladder but yeah we're not quite there yet i want to ask you something about the boring bit because the boring bit is something that generally no one speaks about. Yeah. And I feel that there might actually be a gap in, in, in there where people thinking of building a business, they don't really consider the boring bit. And when that yeah. time comes, it actually comes off as a bit of a surprise because I'm sure that it's not, although it's boring, I'm sure that it's time consuming and it's not, and it's not easy and it's not uh, simple, is it? No, I mean, it's not difficult. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, you know, there's loads of information out there of things you need to do, how you need to do them. You know, the whole compliance, HMRC and government websites have literally got it step by step. Everything right. you need to do, do what you need to do. It's just you've got to go through it. Yeah. Uh, you know, you gather whatever it is you need, the information to put into whatever application you're going through. Yep. Um, it's, it's quite funny. I had a conversation with um, David of Paper Mill and Jinder yep. at, uh, at Shreem. Yeah. around how 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 boring is payday these days <laughs> you're running payroll for for various people and trying to get money into yeah running payroll is 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 not one of the things you you think about when you're starting a startup uh, yeah. but yeah it's all all necessary stuff um and and the kind of the admin business administration yeah. you know you know that's what an mba is called is it master of business administration yeah. there's a lot of business administration <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I completely understand what you mean. And I think I've actually seen a lot of projects, even from uh, as wide as the European Union, trying to simplify business creation because, because yeah. of the assumption that simplifying the, the admin work is going to allow yeah. a lot more people to, to dive deeper into building actual products and building solutions Absolutely. for problems. I think, there's one, I think Stripe, you know, Stripe, the payments processing yes. giants. There's something called Stripe Atlas. Okay. And I think that's literally a, a walk through step by step setting up a company. I mean, it's all US based, obviously, but yeah, walk through. You set up the company. It gets registered in Delaware, which is where all companies in the US get registered. Yeah, goes through all these steps of, of admin, literally to streamline that whole process. And I think there's definitely something um, missing from from the UK marketplace for that. Yeah, yeah, I think that the closest that I know in terms of uh, easiness towards registering your business is uh, tight. The business account, yeah. because as far as I know, if you create your business account with them, they they just pay the registration fee and they do everything on your behalf. So opening okay. your business account with them technically means you're registering your business too. Ah, okay, which oh, is that's good. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which yeah. definitely simplifies it to an extent. Yeah, uh, but anyways, uh, to be fair, my question was more in the in the realm of do you think that these difficulties and these uh, kind of this boring work might be putting off people on the journey to start a business? Or do you think that if a person has decided that they're going to start a business and they have the solution in front of them, like some paperwork and some boring uh, <laughs> admin work is not going to stop them? I think it depends on the person. I mean, I, I've spoken to people and, and a good case in point through this whole search for a co-founder, technical co-founder, you know, yeah. most of them, I'd say, 90% of the, the technical co-founders I've spoken to have said, I don't want to do any admin. I don't want to do any of setting up this up. I just want to build. I want to build stuff. And that's where, my, where I want to be. That's what I do. And that is it. And I think that there, that there probably is, you know, just in that 
in our little sphere of of feedback if it was easier to to have all the all, all the compliance and and legal done or streamlined or a service to to do it for you it probably would make the barrier of entry a lot lower yep great and now moving on to my next question you already mentioned about uh, the kind of discovery you found out that even mm. if even if you have a fully fledged concept if you have a very well developed pitch deck Now, and although you're an early stage business looking for an early stage investment, you, you still need to show a product. Like you still need to show yeah. something there, like in, investors want to see it. Uh, can you tell us a bit, uh, could you share with us more more concepts, learning ideas, et cetera, that you, that you have learned either in the last few months based on your startup experience or you have kind of, that, that have changed the way you look at things? Or just, because, you know, you mentioned the timeline from August to March. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you make it sound like it just went like this, but I'm sure that there's been a lot <laughs> a lot of stuff going on there inside of your head and inside of the business. So just to take us through some of the interesting discoveries, concepts and ideas that you've been through. I've looked at sort of the timeline from then to now. I don't think there's been any massive eye-opening learnings of wow moments, that kind of thing. It's been, it, I suppose it's been more tweaks and nudges around what's, And again, it's most mostly around fundraising. What what institutions are looking what what different institutions are looking for. I know it's quite funny. You you can go on some of the some of the programs and some of the information that's available online, and they can just contradict each other. They're saying yeah. you must have this, you must have this, you must have it in this order, and then someone else says that you must have this, you must have that. Don't whatever you do, put that in and have it in this order. And it's like you know, it's 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 got to be uh, the positioning and the the pitch deck. Although there's a sense of what needs to be in there, and if you think about it, it's obvious what needs to be in there. Um, how you actually present it needs to be different for for the different investors, even in even at the same stage. And I think that was the uh, it's probably the biggest frustration and learning for me when it's all about people and 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 trying to get money off people and to do what they want to uh, to justify it because you know you're you're asking for asking for something so it's not a problem per se but I think it's it's more a frustration in that it's 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 never it's never done and you are constantly having to tweak it and tune it for the audience it's not not just do it and send it out as a blanket approach I mean I I did think about this when we were talking about the when I just reviewed the questions that you sent through and and whether whether the Midas concept puts me in a slightly different position to perhaps something that's more understandable. You know, the concept itself is quite taking control of your personal data. It's quite, it's quite a new concept. There are yeah. things out there that are doing it. And obviously the, the, the maturity of the general public around how data is used is getting better every day, but it's not like we do something that's already out there. We just do it better. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. There's not a, there's not a lot out there at the minute to, to compare it to. No. Um and, and those that you are trying to compare it to probably wouldn't be known by the investors that you're 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 talking to. So it, it's it's difficult. You're kind of asking for something with nothing, um, for something that doesn't exist. Yeah. Conceptually. So I, I think that might be a learn. And that's kind of where I've come to the conclusion is we've got to build something. We've got to show people what what we're actually talking about and that it is actually possible and how we're going to do it. So so yeah, so that's that's been the biggest learning. Right. And then coming back to get funding fit to the get funding fit program. It was part of Team SY, which is obviously like very, very big project currently undergoing in South Yorkshire to improve the tech yeah. ecosystem. So do you feel funding fit now? How difficult was it to get funding fit? Uh, and what what are the biggest outcomes of the program apart from all the conversations that you've had, which I'm sure that have been very useful? Yeah, I think I think we're as we're as we're as fit as we can be. I don't think we'll ever be 100 percent 
funding yep. fit. And I don't think anyone will ever be 100% funding fit. But it's a great program. I mean, I had a, a slight advantage that I actually went through the the National Capital Enterprise Funding Readiness Program, I think it got, you know, a very similar thing run by run by similar people. So a lot of the concepts and things I'd, I'd already gone through um, and I was kind of positioning the Midas deck in that way. But yeah, we went through it, went through again with the Team SY cohort. Um, again, a lot more local, uh, a lot more focused. And I got, I felt, I felt I got a lot more out of it because I almost had a knowledge of what was going to be in it before yeah. I kind of got there. So I was almost getting ready for funding fit to get ready for funding fit in the first place. But yeah, it, it was a good program. And I think, you know, you hit the nail on the head there. I think the the, the, the best outcome of it is the um, increasing the network, increasing the people, you know, people you know, how, you know, people you talk to, more people you talked about the, you know, the Midas concept, get that feedback back. Yep. And you know, take all that on board, and that that that's been the biggest thing for me, as well as obviously pitching to to the investors and, and making those introductions, which is the you know name of the game. But yeah, it's the it's the whole network thing, which is great. Yep. And has anything changed about Midas and the concept behind the actual application? Do you still want to do what you wanted to do with Midas back in August, or has all these conversations that you've had, all the journey that you've been through, made you amend anything or pivot? Not specifically, no. No, the concept is still what the concept is. Yep. I think the biggest thing is being really, really ruthless with yourself around what MVP is, what, yep. what it stands for. And it, it, you, you kind of do this in my other walk of life as well. You know, what, what is the minimum? Oh, I'd like that to be the minimum. No, it's not what you'd like to be the minimum. It's what is the actual minimum. Make it as thin, as thin, as thin as you can just to prove whatever it is you're trying to do. So, so yeah, so we've been back to the our backlog and look at our, our, our feature sets within that and the the mvp feature sets are still the same but there's probably a lot less bells and whistles about it or, or different ways of doing things that we, we maybe we thought we could build a certain feature in-house and now we might be looking to partner with someone just to bring that functionality on might be a feature that's already out there yep. that we can just buy in okay um, but yeah, nothing, nothing fundamental to the to the concept and the vision uh, of Midas has changed. Yep. Great. And what about the challenges? We spoke briefly before we started before we started recording our conversations about one of the biggest challenges that that you're having in terms of your other job, in terms of your other business. Yeah. So, tell us about the challenges that you faced in the last couple of months. And so, has anything changed from the last time that we spoke? A new challenge that has occurred? Yeah, there's been a couple of things that that. that kept me otherwise engaged through through that period the good news is i had a baby in december so yes. another baby um and having a yeah a newborn and a three-year-old in the house is is it's not just double the work it's more like quadruple the work yeah. but it's all great yeah little henry joined us in in december thank you another big thing that, that happened which is life wise yeah we moved we moved back into our house in in december as well so there's quite a bit going on. We moved, we moved, we had a lot of work done. So we moved out in August and we were supposed to be moving back in before Henry came. And we actually moved in on Friday, the 11th of December and Henry arrived on Monday, the 13th of December. So wow. we cut it quite fast. Yeah. As you can imagine, there's quite a lot of yeah non-Midas effort going into yeah. to December. But yeah, it, and I think we've, we've talked before that the juggle is is the struggle mm-hmm. uh to coin, if i don't know coined that first but yeah it, it, it's absolutely right trying to juggle home life parenthood and my other business a consulting business earning money as well as the side of things it, it is a juggle and it's it's trying to find 
it's trying to find the best way of being the most productive for whatever it is you need to achieve. And it's, yeah, it's not easy. Absolutely. And just to finish before we move on to the next stage of this recording, is there anything at the moment that the She Valley listeners can do for you and Midas? Nothing at the moment. I think the the big thing will come. We're we'll, we'll yeah we'll come. We're we're currently building our our landing page website. Yep. So our early interest generation website. So that'll be a, a brief about what Midas is, uh, who we are, and whether you'd like to be kept informed. You know, give us your your email address, and we'll we'll keep you informed of when uh, our products are available. Uh, so that's that's literally in progress as I speak, and should be out in the next uh, couple of weeks, hopefully. So yeah, so as and when that's out, tell us what you think. Any feedback is good feedback. So yeah, yeah, be interested to get uh, a wider uh, a wider audience perspective on on what we're trying to do. When the time comes, you just need to send me the link, and I can put it in the show notes, whatever the episode of that of that week Brilliant. is, so it can get so it can get to our listeners. Thank you. That'd be awesome. Thank you. Great stuff, Tom. Well, usually what we do, in your, you know, at the end of every podcast, is I have five questions that I ask all my guests. However, I've already asked those to you, so I drafted new four questions to <laughs> ask you in a bit as a bit of a quick quick fire section because yeah. I believe it's going to be interesting. First of all, to be fair, it's really interesting to me to hear what your answers are. And also, I believe it will be interesting to the people listening to the podcast. So the first one is for you to tell me what's your favorite startup or brand that you look up to, both as an individual, you know, as Tom, but also as Midas from the position of a founder. Yeah. Yeah, it was a, it was a tough on this because I, I I look up to lots of different things about lots of different, you know, companies and brands and people. I know I've also never been one for putting photos of, people on my bedroom wall as a teenager i just yeah. I don't know i'll just do it so so yeah it was it was you know a really hard one to do and i came back to it and it also it comes back to one of my first answers in in one of my first episodes so i hope i'm not yeah. repeating it too much but um yeah the startup brand that i i probably refer back to most and look up to most is salesforce yeah and mark benioff um at salesforce i think what 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 salesforce has done in a absolutely saturated market is is nothing short of amazing that they really paved the way for enterprise SaaS, the way of building the way of on demand you know that that method of delivery was was really paved by by the salesforce guys and and, and mark benioff himself but i think more than more than the product and, and the tech that's in there it's the it's the culture and the brand that's been built around around salesforce you know i've, I've worked professionally on probably on the fringes of Salesforce. I've implemented bits of Salesforce and, and used it myself, as well as been in, in some quite deep sales processes for, for purchasing the thing itself. So yeah, so you, you get to know how they, they kind of tick and operate and, and how they look after their people and their brand and their values and their culture and how all that stuff goes together. And and yeah, and it's just, it just the energy that you feel when you go to the Salesforce Tower is just palpable people want to work there people want to do the right thing people want to do what the customer wants is is what they need to do and that's all understood so yes yeah, so i think that that would be my the one that i look up to most from both a, a, a product and a culture perspective brilliant answer and my next question is about a favorite startup brand business or person in sheffield <laughs> this was um started off being quite hard and then I thought no don't be an idiot the people that I look up to most are the people that I see every day yeah um you know it's the likes of David at Papermill Darren at same day yeah. uh Jinder at Shreem you know others yeah. that, that that are doing doing the do 
they're there, they're, they're, they're inspiring to me, they're, they're people to talk to about if I'm having a bad day or if I can't be arsed with something, they'll, you know, tell me to shut up or do what I need to, you know, they're, they're my inspiration, they're, they're who I look up to, you know, they are trying to do something, they are trying to make a difference, and they're all bloody good people. And, and the Cooper project that fell in with 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 this this crowd is fantastic for that. It does bring um, a lot of like-minded people together. And I think if you're if you're out there listening to this and, and thinking I, I could do with doing something, but I don't know where to start, just give Tom or Rose a shout at um, Cooper Project, and they will point you in the right direction. And yeah, you'll you'll, you'll get a lot out of it. So yeah, so I think think for me yeah. to answer the question, yes, it's my my local cohort comrades from from Cooper project that absolutely see why i would why i would say that man and honestly you no know, tech parks they were they sponsored the podcast last year in 2021 the first part uh, so uh, i always speak very highly of them not because of the sponsorship obviously uh but just because the cooper project is genuinely one of the programs in the city i would recommend i would recommend to everyone who's at the stage to join it because yeah it's to to, to me it's one of the net positive programs in the city for a startup you know they literally don't ask for anything from you uh yeah and and they give you a lot back in return absolutely Uh, absolutely it's uh it is it's fantastic yeah because there's there's a lot of great like obviously twinkle hive great accelerator they invest obviously they invest money they invest up i think up to 250 or 1 million doesn't matter but they take equity they take equity and true be told i'm going to be very transparent the cooper project have been able to build much better community around yeah. uh, specifically for Sheffield with the Cooper project rather than the, rather than the Hive. No disrespect to the businesses in the Hive, there, there's some amazing business. Yeah, yeah. But platform. obviously different stages as well. Cooper project is early stage, oh. Hive is developed, startups and scale-ups. But yeah, so yeah, yeah, just really shout out to Cooper project. I'm always pinpointing people who are in early stage to go there because it is definitely worth it. And happy yeah. to see that, you know, that the member of the cohort is, uh, is, is happy with the place and is recognizing the importance of the community and really getting the value from it yeah very much so very much so i think you know it's hard enough to do this anyway so to do it on your own without that that kind of support of of, of people and place to go would be nigh on impossible so yeah very much recommend it brilliant my third question is again to tell me one startup brand product or service but this time one that people should avoid I don't know if I've probably mentioned to this this to you in in not in private but off off podcast. But my my pet hate, although I use it, is social media. I absolutely hate the thing, and it's I just I I think it's going to be our generation's version of nicotine smoking. You know, we're we're going to in twenty fifty people are going to say. Those people back in 2010, 2011, using social media every day like it was normal and it was, wasn't harmful. You know, we get to 2050 and it's banned. You know, you cannot use social, you cannot use that machine to do that that it's doing today. Because I just think it's just so, so harmful. A, it's so addictive. I know it's designed to be addictive. You know, so so kills your productivity like, like, like anything. Um, B, the amount of fake news and fake propaganda and fake everything that's on there that's used to skew your perspective on the world is just criminal and it's i go through this all the time you know can i get my to where it needs to go without using social media and you know the answer is no i can't but if i could i wouldn't be using social media because i can't stand it i really i really hate it i think it's yeah it's the devil <laughs> <laughs> yeah well you know what you know my opinion as well I, i've been very against social media when i 
when I was doing the documentary, internet addiction. And to be fair, yeah. now now I've kind of my position is a lot more balanced because first of all, my job is related to social media, and so, and yeah. also I have to I have to admit, mate, that also by the way, after conversations with you that I've had, I remember the last time when we spoke back in August, and I asked you a question. Do you think that in the future data collection is going to be something that we see as 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 negative as as harmful? Mm-hmm. And then you told me, no, that's the that's the future. And then I realized that yes, when you think about data collection from Facebook and TikTok, you're thinking about the most malicious and harmful act of collecting yeah. data. But then because of these two companies exploiting personal data, we can't neglect all the millions of examples exactly. of very positive data collection and, and, and to, what, to what amazing results data collection can lead in, in, you know, in healthcare, in mobility, in transport, and, and everything else. And from that point of view, I have, <coughs> even for social media, I believe there's very good things to take from social media. The, the, the way, you know, the, the meetups that I, that I organize and my podcast, I cannot get these in front of as many people as I'm doing without social sure. media, unfortunately, because it's just a better service doesn't exist at the moment. Because no, these, it doesn't. The, it doesn't unfortunately, it's, it's, it is unfortunate. I think you're right. Yeah, I think you've hit it right. I mean, like I say, I, I still use social media, but yeah. I think I've, I've I've almost got myself into a system of controlling it rather than it controlling me. Mm-hmm. And I think it control trolls a lot of people more than more than they control it. And I think that's the thing to be wary of. But but yeah, it's cert- certainly something that that we all have to live with and learn to live with. But, but yeah, we must con- take control of how we're using it. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to give you an example of something that I that while it seems good, like kind of a good positive tendency, I think it's actually a negative one because we've all seen what's been happening with Facebook in the last four years. I think it's very yeah. fair to say that they have received a plethora of negative PR. Now, and, <laughs> yeah. and, and only this year, now in the, in the first quarter of 2022, was their first quarter ever, business quarter, when their user growth actually stagnated. And I don't think they, I, I think they actually had a decrease in user yeah. in daily users. So we had to go through a four or five year of very, very heavy negative PR campaign just to get to this stage where Facebook finally had its had less users yeah. in a quarter. And again, this is not going to ruin their business. And this is only because Facebook has been receiving a lot of negative PR and also because Facebook is quite boring nowadays. You know what I mean? It's actually yeah. not an attractive social media to be at. While at the same yeah. time, and, and every and everyone is being like, oh, as you can see, everyone is now very much more aware of social media and the negative impact it has and so on and so forth. Well, yeah, but at the same time, TikTok is growing exponentially. I would make, I would make the case that TikTok is much more harmful than Facebook in the sense that where the data goes. Not that I yeah, trust yeah. Mark Zuckerberg more than, more yeah, than yeah. the people in charge of TikTok, but I mean, yeah. there is a bit of a political game there, which, uh, which also plays part. And it's just really funny to see how people are raging against Facebook, but at the same time, no one seems to bat an eye for yeah. the millions of teenagers that are living on TikTok. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You've got to have your eyes open. You've got to have your yeah. eyes open. Yeah, because Facebook in itself is not the devil. <laughs> Like it, it, it's really not the, the practice of using the, the 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 systems and the structures and the engineering that they use for what they do yeah, is, yeah. The, is the devil. No matter no matter what it's called, Facebook or TikTok or yeah. whatever it is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I completely agree with that, mate. Absolutely. Great. And now the last question that I want to ask you for today. It's a it's a different iteration of the que- of the question that I ask in terms of the big hair yeah. and audacious goal. So if you if you had to finish the sentence, I want my dad to succeed because what would the end of that sentence be? So yeah, I want mine to succeed because I want to I want better control of my data. Yeah. And I think everyone else should have that that the right to do that as well. 
like we just said, the amount of data that's out there, we get a lot of negative feedback, a lot of negative stories around what happens with our data. But the amount of good that we can derive from our data, not just personal good um, in terms of um, generating some an extra bit of cash or, you know, seeing some adverts that we might want to see, but literally this, this the social benefit and, and societal benefit of of that data. You know, you, you alluded to it then, you know, what could we do if we had if we had all this data and we were looking at it with 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 a positive slant? Can we identify patterns and processes and, and things in there that would that would help? you know, healthcare for, for, for one or another. So yeah, the, the amount of data that's out there is, is is huge. We just need a better way of, of using it and using it in a positive way. That's what Midas is going to help us do. That's the concept. That's the idea. That's the dream. Well, Tom, thank you so much for your time. It was great talking to you. You too. Thanks ever so much, Dennis. It's always a great pleasure to talk with Tom as he's incredibly knowledgeable but also very humble and open to hearing other people's thoughts and opinions. I hope you enjoyed our conversations as much as I did. And with that, we've come to the end of today's episode. I hope you're all staying safe, staying healthy, taking care of yourselves and working hard towards your goals. I'm Dennis and until next time.